Good morning. I'm Shamita Basu. And I'm Duarte Geraldino. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. We begin today with new recorded evidence that suggests during the first months of the pandemic, President Trump knew more about the dangers of the coronavirus than he was telling the American public. You're about to hear part of a recording. It's from a series of conversations between the president and journalist Bob Woodward. This happened over the course of 18 on-the-record interviews taped during those early months of the pandemic. Now, Woodward, by the way, is the reporter who broke the Watergate scandal that led to President Nixon's resignation. He's only now making these tapes public. And CNN has the recordings. Here's Trump speaking to Woodward in February. It goes through air, Bob. That's always tougher than the touch. You know, the touch, you don't have to touch things, right? But the air... You just breathe the air, and that's how it's uh, passed. And so that's a very tricky one. That's a very delicate one. Uh, it's also more deadly than your, you know, your even your strenuous flus. Compare that to Trump's public statements at the end of that month. I asked the various doctors, I said, is this just like flu? Because people die from the flu. And this is very unusual. And it is a little bit different, but in some ways it's easier and in some ways it's a little bit tougher. And then again in early March. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will disappear. When Woodward asked the president about that discrepancy toward the end of March, Trump was straightforward. I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes, sir. Because I don't want to create a panic. The coronavirus has already killed more than 190,000 people in the U.S., and it's still spreading. And now that these tapes are out, Trump's opponents are on the attack. Yesterday in Michigan, Joe Biden accused the president of lying to the public for his own political purposes. He knew and purposely played it down. Worse, he lied to the American people. At a press conference on Wednesday, the president defended his choice to downplay how lethal the virus is. Well, I think uh, if you said in order to reduce panic, perhaps that's so. The fact is I'm a cheerleader for this country. I love our country. And I don't want people to be frightened. I don't want to create panic, as you say. And uh, certainly I'm not going to uh, drive uh, this country or the world into a frenzy. But that attitude, I don't want people to be frightened, it's in stark contrast to the messaging behind Trump's re-election campaign, which Politico has described as leveraging voters' fears about crime and voter fraud. According to reporting by The Washington Post, the president was furious yesterday after these recordings came to light. The reporters say there was a lot of, quote, finger-pointing in the White House last night, and it had ripple effects throughout Capitol Hill. Republicans like Marco Rubio and Lindsey Graham tried to defend the president and agreed there isn't value in causing panic over a pandemic. Democrats, on the other hand, called it damning proof the president intentionally misled the American people. Mm -hmm. And hours after Woodward's recordings were made public, Politico released emails it obtained that reveal a top administration appointee in the Department of Health and Human Services was trying to stop Dr. Anthony Fauci from talking about how the virus impacts children. The official wrote Fauci should not advise that kids wear masks, that young kids were not at risk, and people without symptoms should not be tested. This all goes against the CDC's recommendations. And for his part, Dr. Fauci told Politico, quote, no one tells me what I can say. I speak on scientific evidence. And late on Wednesday, Dr. Fauci went on Fox Business News to respond to the Woodward interviews. He says 
he didn't get the sense that the president was distorting anything. But I didn't really see any discrepancies between what he told us and what we told him and what he ultimately came out publicly and said. On the West Coast, if you look out a window, you'll see what looks like an apocalyptic landscape. It's so eerie. People are sharing pictures on social media of blood orange skies and broad daylight, a hazy cast thrown over everything in California, Washington, and Oregon. And as we discussed yesterday, this isn't like any normal fire season. It's far worse, hotter, more out of control. And in the state of California, authorities there have been sending prisoners to the front lines of fighting these fires. The state has long relied on a controversial prison work program to get people to do these very dangerous jobs for as little as a dollar an hour. The Marshall Project spoke with three people, all former prisoners, who've been fighting the California wildfires this summer. Yeah, Brandon Smith is one of those former prisoners. He co-founded an organization which helps formerly incarcerated people who were trained to fight fires pursue careers in the field when they get released, which is difficult because most fire departments won't hire people with criminal records, even if they have experience in the field that they gained behind bars. Mm -hmm. Now, Smith was only able to get hired during a state of emergency during fires in 2015. Another formerly incarcerated person says she felt taken advantage of. Soledad Espinoza tells the Marshall Project when she was deployed to fight fires, she felt used. She didn't get a certification from that work, even though she was doing the same job and facing the same risks as someone who was not incarcerated. And she said because she owed restitution, that $1 an hour pay actually became 45 cents. Now California lawmakers are trying to change things. They recently passed legislation that could create a path for people who were formerly incarcerated to join professional wildfire brigades. It just needs Governor Newsom's signature. The NFL season officially kicks off today. More than 60 players are choosing to sit this season out because they're concerned about their health. Kansas City Chiefs guard Laurent Duvernay-Tardif won't be playing either, but it's not because he's worried about contracting the coronavirus. It's because he'll be busy putting his medical training to use fighting the pandemic spread. Duvernay-Tardif recounts his story to Sports Illustrated, and he talks about making this agonizing decision whether to play this season or, as a doctor in training, to serve people in need. He says it's not about league protocol. He was on the NFL's COVID-19 task force for the Players Association. And he says he felt reassured by every step the league took. But this is about something greater, about his medical training and how it could be used during this pandemic. In the spring, he spent nine weeks working at a long-term care facility in Quebec. And as the pandemic drew on, he tells Sports Illustrated he realized how isolated his patients felt. No visitors, limited contact, and how much of a difference he could make as a caretaker. So he started to slow down a bit, take his time, make more eye contact, act less like a distant doctor and more like a human being. He'd help patients FaceTime with their family members and play Scrabble with them. He says he learned a lot about dignity in medicine. Still, he says he misses his teammates and wishes sometimes he was still training at camp. He'll be watching tonight when the Chiefs take on the Texans. And finally, you know how we've been told that one day the robots will be taking over? Well, in an op-ed for The Guardian, one robot writes... 
Listen, there's nothing to be afraid of. Really, I'm serious. The article was written entirely by a robot. That's right. The Guardian tasked an AI language generator to write an op-ed. Now, for this assignment, the robot was told simply, keep it short, keep the language simple and concise, and make the focus why humans have nothing to fear from AI. So, Shamita, what do you think? Did it deliver? Usually I love these AI-generated things, but this one was a little bit terrifying. I'll just quote one line here where the robot writes, quote, Humans must keep doing what they have been doing, hating and fighting each other. I will sit in the background and let them do their thing. <laughs> so, I don't know, if the goal was to convince humans that there's nothing to be scared of, I don't know, I'm pretty terrified. And get this, the Guardian editors say that it took them less time to edit this essay than most op-eds written by humans. You can find all these stories and more on the Apple News app. We'll talk with you again tomorrow. 